With Data Futurology's in-person Advancing AI event coming up in April, we wanted to share one of our favorite episodes from last year's Advancing AI series. We hope you enjoy this brilliant chat between Mohan Ganji, Head of Data Science and AI at ANZ, and Felipe on the crucial steps to successfully scale AI. I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Data Futurology. As you know, we've been doing our series focusing on advancing AI, covering the topics and the challenges that leaders have in either adopting AI for their organization, increasing the use and scaling models and production. So it's been an excellent series. This is episode 13 of the series. And today we're going to be talking about scaling AI, super important topic. And we've touched on parts of it in previous episodes because it's such an important part of the challenge that leaders are facing today in Australia and New Zealand. What we've seen from the polls over the last 12 weeks is that most people have zero to five models in production, and they're looking for ways to be able to put more models in production and to, for the models that are there to increase the, the use to increase the business value, increase the adoption. So today's discussion is focused on all that segment, which is really great. I need to do two things. One is say thank you to our sponsors who support us in providing this content for the AI community. So thank you very much to Yellowfin, Databricks, Ambiata, and Talent Insights. Um, so everyone who's in the audience, wherever you can, show them some love. They've been supporting us for a long time to bring you this content for free, which is excellent. And without any further ado, today's guest, uh, we have Moha Ganji, who's the head of data science and AI at ANZ Bank. I've known Moha for a while. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Moha, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks, Felipe. And hi to everyone in the um, audience. Um, thank you for having me on this um, series, um, Lucky Last. <laughs> but uh, Lucky Last and such such an important such an important topic. Um, and yeah, and I know yeah, and I know that you have lots of amazing experience that we that we'll get to. But to kick us off, I wanted to ask you if you can tell us about your. Um, maybe we start with your role at ANZ. Um, what that covers, and we can and we can take it from there, just to use the the roles as context setting. Sure, definitely. Um, so I am um, currently head of data science and AI for um, home loans business uh, at ANZ in the Australian um, retail business. And um, basically, my role um, we are looking to leverage data um, in the business to help the business to make. Um, in their decision-making, as well as um, help improve customer um, experience and the service to customers. Um, also, we're looking into building data capability and, um, and, and promote data-driven culture in the business. Um, my role um, basically involves um, a lot in 
um, driving, uh, setting home loan um, data strategy and developing um, execution plan and roadmap. Uh, and basically to make that happen, um, a lot of my role involves in working with um, senior um, executives, with uh, partners across the bank, uh, with central functions, technology, with other, other parts of the business, as well as uh, my team to make sure um, that we progress um, towards achieving that goal and vision um, for the um, home loans um, tribe in terms of the um, data and AI. Building capability um, while we also deliver value and realize value out of our um, analytics um, initiatives. Um, so that's in a, in a nutshell. I can talk a little bit about the team um, and basically what the streams of work we have. Yeah, um, that, that sounds great. So it's um it's amazing that it's it's such a broad role in the sense of the the technical leadership um, solving problems on on sort of the applied ML and AI side, then um, dealing with with stakeholders, managing requests, etc. But then uh, on, and obviously getting them involved in the process and getting them excited. And on top of that, on top of that, looking after the strategy and how um, looking forward into the future about what could be done better, how to bring that into reality. It's um, it's a huge role. Yes. Uh, so no, well, well done. Really, really exciting. There's lots there for us to discuss. Um, before we jump in, and, and I'll ask you to tell us about the, the team and the structure. Before we jump into that, I'll just mention that I'll open the, the poll for people to um, have a few minutes to, to answer the poll. So we have four short questions. Um, three of them are just yes or no. Um, so take a second to uh, answer the poll over the over the next few minutes um, as we keep hearing from from Moha. So Moha, tell us, yeah, how how big is your team and how how is it structured? Sure. Um, so it's a um, sizable team at the moment. Uh, last year when I joined, it was around thirty, and now we've grown into um, fifty, soon to be fifty five. Um, and basically, um, the, it's, a, it's a diverse range of skills and roles um, within the team from um, data analysts to data scientists, data engineers, um, software developers, as well as um, we do have campaign analysts as well. Mm -hmm. um, the way um, the um, data team is structured is that we are looking after five main streams um, in the business, basically aligned with um, touch points on the customer um, journey as well. So um, we want to, um, first of all, when they are looking at um, purchasing or looking for buying a property or home, um, we do have a, um, an AI product is a, a property price prediction platform um, that, that helps guide them what sort of uh, uh, price they might be looking at. And that would um, feed into, that feeds into our property profile report, um, uh, which complements that price prediction with lots of other useful information in there. So that's our first stream uh, up um, when customers or prospective customers are looking to buy um, and looking at property market. Then we have 
um, a, um, another stream looking after um, marketing, um, basically. So using data and analytics and data science in marketing domain. Um, that is um, including um, using data for uh, driving and evaluating customer propositions, um, customer segmentation, as well as um, predictive modeling for specifically around one-to-one -one marketing areas. Um, we also do build campaigns and do PIRs uh, in my team as well. Um, moving from the, uh, the second um, stream, we have um, up next um, the um, business intelligence and management reporting. So um, making sure that our, both our senior stakeholders as well as the broader business have the data and insight and actionable insight that they need um, in the sense of a few clicks to them. And the idea there is to um, make that single source of truth for, uh, for those reportings. Uh, and information and insight, as well as making it um, in, a, in, a, in a way that it is um, um, self-service um, manner so people can answer questions by going in there and in, uh, basically clicking um, a few clicks, they can answer their questions. Um, then the fourth stream is automation. So um, automation has always been in the agenda. However, since last year, um, with, with things that happened with COVID probably, but also um, interests being at um, um, you know, all time low um, and ends up um, gaining um, some more share, uh, mark, market share, um, we have been receiving an increase in the application volume uh, and that put pressure on our um, operational uh, processes, especially on a broker channel. So that has helped us to, or triggered um, um, speed up in the automation uh, program to make sure the service levels um, we can maintain um, for customers. Uh, it is interesting though, how much automation is um, enabled and de dependent on quality data, on digitized data and integrated um, sort of data flow in your systems and processes. Um, so um, that's yeah, absolutely part of um, what my team is doing in the automation program, as well as, um, for example, another, I want to mention a, an AI use case, um, for example, using AI in um, processing documents and OCR capability um, mm -hmm. is definitely one example in there. Um, from there, the last but not least is um, customer uh, remediation and basically looking into the mistakes of the past. And um, the, the aim there is to scale investigating into those problems and um, scale remediating customers, but also um, putting controls and monitoring in place that make sure we avoid um, mistakes in the future. So that's basically... Um, five streams um, summarizing um, some of the key pillars of what uh, my team is focused on. That's amazing. Um, that's incredible. And we have uh, a question from Jason. Hey, hey, mate, uh, which is related. So he asks, how do you manage all the streams and uh, how do they, and do they cross-pollinate or coordinate? Uh, and if so, how, how is that achieved? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, so as I mentioned, they are um, obviously in, in, in different domains and uh, 
um, and there is a level of domain expertise required mm. for each of these. Even though it's all uh, within the home loan context, but for example, domain in, in marketing uh, is might be a little bit different to the domain that um, is in um, remediation, which requires uh, a depth of knowledge in the home loan products and the systems um, and so on. However, there is a lot of overlaps, obviously, and uh, we want um, the, to promote uh, the um, culture that everyone shares and learns from each other. And obviously, no matter uh, which part of these streams you're in, um, the, there is something that if you learn from other, other streams, uh, there is a value add for what you do today. And um, another thing that we do is also we promote people moving um, between streams as well. So mm. um, creating opportunity for, for people to um, either step up or sideway move to other or secondment even style within the team um, to go and move to different domains to gain different experiences. Um, obviously, all of, all of these streams uh, at a high end are trying to achieve and um, work towards a set of business objectives mm-hmm. um, and they need to work together to achieve that. Um, so that's that's in summary. I think I um, hope that answers question, Jason. Yeah, definitely. And are there are there any um, any other efforts or or opportunities for the different streams to cross pollinate? So besides um, uh, besides rotating people. Uh, in in a secondment style, do they come together or? or yeah, exactly. So, um, for example, the price prediction mm-hmm. uh, platform that is actually directly feeding into one of our marketing, um, um, you know, assets, which is our property uh, pro- profile report. So there are um, definitely interrelation um, within the um, different streams feeding into each other, and the um, and obviously the reporting pipeline uh, and the report management reporting that serves everyone um, and all the streams. Um, so uh, definitely there is a strong inter um, relation between all these. That's great. Yeah, that's a really good way to do it, to make um, make the, the customers of one, uh, one stream is a customer of another stream. Uh, so that drives, that that creates that closeness. Yeah, or the partners. Um, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And um, before you, you mentioned um, that you're, you're working also on the strategy side. Uh, that's that's really interesting. Could you tell us more about the the, the work that you're doing there? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess um, when I uh, say strategy, I mean um, basically looking into where we are and where we need to be and where we want to be uh, in a set uh, point in time and uh, basically planning towards um, what we need to do and what the steps we need to take to get there. Um, and, and for that, I think I might um, probably be best to highlight the point that um, I think it's true for any context uh, when it comes to strategy, but more and even like definitely so true for um, data space that it can't be achieved in isolation. So um, there's no point in having a 50 page strategy document sitting somewhere um, in a share folder and no one looks at it and no one is aware of what is um, the plan and what is that North Star that we are um, you know, heading towards and what needs to be done to get there. Um, so it is absolutely important to uh, communicate that with um, with uh, senior stakeholders, executives, as well as all the partners and enablement um, functions, um, and, and definitely with your team to see where we are heading to. Uh, but in terms of some of the 
pillars that I think are very important and I think very uh, relevant to the topic of today as well uh, that I generally look at is, um, first of all, what is the what are those business objectives that we are trying to influence or um, um, you know um, shift the dial on using um, analytics using AI? It is uh, very important to be super clear about those uh, objectives and those um, metrics and how we are going to measure uh, measure the success around around those. Um, and then based on based on those objectives, what are some of the uh, key um, initiatives or categories of initiatives or directional, uh, you know, or, or even capabilities that we need to build um, to, to get there. So that comes down to um, a set of initiatives, obviously the prioritization of those come into play um, um, for that for that matter. Um, and basically, once you are clear about what is that you're going to achieve and through which set of initiatives or programs or projects uh, and at which scale uh, you're going to achieve them, um, then, then it comes um, uh, to look into a couple of um, enablement pillars to, to enable you to achieve that objective or um, improve or influence that um, business metric. Um, and that is also so that second that brings me to the second part, which is um, which, which is the tools and technology. So what is the set of um, data assets, the uh, technology, the type of tools, um, whether you know, depending on which um, stage in the maturity you are and what's the plan um, in a scaling AI, what, what is those uh, what are those set of tools and technologies that you need to have? Um, and do everyone have access to it and know how to use that? Do they have the guidelines around how to leverage those technology and tools or not? So, so that's uh, that's absolutely crucial pillar. Um, then, um, then obviously comes your people and skill. And again, um, looking at that pillar, you can look into what is the current um, uh, capability or skills that exist in the team and looking at where I want to be, where I want the team and the, uh, the business and the, uh, in terms of progress in our uh, initiatives to be and what are the set of skills, uh, even um, so skills come to the place, but even the size of the team come into the play, the mix of the skills and roles in the team come into play um, for that matter, as well as uh, making sure that making sure that um, um, there is a level of learning and development targeted um, uh, for for the people to, uh, to to stay on track and progress and um, and grow um, <clears throat> the, the, the fourth piece um, which comes into play is um, the governance um, so it could be look at from the operating model how we work within the team and with others and how we structure our um, uh, delivery um, sort of uh, teams, uh, but also um, it expands to data governance as well. So topics around how we make sure data quality uh, is maintained and uplifted, mm. how we uh, embed data governance uh, practices within the, within the um, projects and processes and um, topics such as AI ethics and privacy um, and all of that comes into play. Um, I think regardless of what stage in the maturity um, the team is, these four pillars or that one overarching business value plus the three enablement pillars um, comes into play um, very nicely, whether you are at the beginning or whether you are at the scaling um, phase. 
um, again, looking into these four pillars um, is an important part of the strategy, I think, that I, um, um, I look at. Yeah, really interesting. And I think that there's there's often, um, well, what I like about your approach is that that you you're very um, you're very articulate in describing the importance um, of a strategy and and how to do a strategy correct. Uh, in the sense that sometimes people, um, I, I I feel that sometimes people um, might want to change one part of of their uh, working life, say, introduce a new a new technology or bring in a new governance process um, or bring in some training. For example, they want to change something in in isolation, um, and sometimes they they you know they find some some organizational resistance to it, and and that's because in general there there should be as as you've done so well there should be an overarching plan. Um, that that naturally is going to involve some trade-offs and and push those trade-offs down to to some degree. So I I just wanted to point that out to say that I think that the the strategy that you've uh, put together is really comprehensive from that perspective and encourage people to to think about a, a broader a broader piece um, when when looking at improvements in in specific areas uh, because it does need to. There, when there is a strategy, things do need to fit together and harmonize uh, in order to create and drive that business value. Um, and as you were describing the strategy, we had a couple of questions come in. One of them was around um, challenges that that you're facing with the with the data strategy. Obviously, anything that you can share about because um, I really like how you describe that the fact that you're covering where where you are today, where you would like to go as an organization, what are the steps to get there? Um, and maybe in some of those aspirations or, or next steps is only if there is anything that you can share. Um, what, what are some of the challenges that you see coming up or, or areas to, to focus on? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess, as I um, mentioned earlier, um, um, the, the, the the challenge often challenges come in play um, when um, sorry this one pull coming let me take it away um, so um, the challenges come in play when um, specifically when people are not clear what we are trying to achieve and what business um, um, outcome we are trying to aim for um, and I've I've found it over time when that is becoming clear. Um, then, then it's easier to bring uh, people along the journey, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and, and I mean, basically help people to appreciate why what is that we're going to achieve, why it's important, because that's you know directly ladder up to this business objective that all of us are working towards, and then to, in order to get there. Um, what are the steps or what do we need and, and basically framing it that way, whether it's getting support from the um, you know, central functions, from technology, from um, is that a funding support or whatever it is, I think framing it that way uh, mm-hmm. would always um, help um, in, in um, making it happen. Obviously, um, another point that could be um, sometimes challenging is that you are reliant on um, on a lot of other functions to, to make you achieve. So basically you need to coordinate 
um, and or basically it's like orchestration of uh, a lot of activities, a lot of teams that are not in your direct control, but actually are absolutely key to um, success of the uh, plan and of the strategy. Uh, so that often um, is something uh, very crucial and could be challenging if uh, you know priorities uh, uh, mismatch a little bit or there are um, uh, um, capability gaps that um, are not to your business area to solve, but more for the uh, broader um, or you know central function or other teams to to bring in a capability that. Um, is not fast enough coming to, it doesn't come to you uh, in a pace that you need um, to, to make a um, tangible progress on your strategy as you plan. So those are the things that um, at time could be challenging, uh, but again, I think uh, um, staying um, well engaged with all the um, parts or stakeholders involved in uh, or enabling that strategy, um, as well as your user group. Um, so who is going to, at the end of the day, use your um, solutions and um, obviously just just building those <clears throat> and putting things in production is not going to change or shift any dial on your business outcome. Who is going to use that, engaging that end user or operation or whoever is going to be the user of that um, analytic or AI solution to make a difference in terms of the business objectives need to be um, definitely uh, engaged and involved uh, early on and regularly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great point. Um, and definitely, yeah, brings up a, a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you about the, um, the approach in scaling AI and, and barriers. Uh, but before we, we jump into that, I wanted to um, remind people, we have the poll open. We'll leave it open for, for a couple couple more minutes um so far we've had almost 70 percent of people answer the poll so if you can take uh, for the people that haven't um, had a chance yet if you can take a moment and uh, to answer the poll there should be a pop-up on your phone or your computer uh, if not it's at the bottom of the of the zoom window if you move your mouse over the the bottom of the zoom window it'll it'll there'll be a bar that comes up and there'll be a poll button in there um, if you can take a moment to answer the poll, and then we'll go through the results with Moha. And um, in in the meantime, Moha, could yeah, could you tell us about the your approach in scaling AI? How do you think about it? Sorry, um, scaling AI um, actually can be interpreted in at least two different ways, right? Mm. So looking at scaling AI in the way that it is ubiquitous. It's not just one business area or one business problem that you're using AI for, but um, it's something that is um, multiple area across the business. They are aware of it. There are opportunities identified and tested and use cases are being um, implemented. Um, so that's basically expanding the span of um, AI application across the business. Um, whereas, Another way to look at um, scale is when actually you span, uh, you expanded the application of AI and you have multiple use cases, multiple models in uh, productions, 
how you're going to make sure that you manage the life cycle of the AI or analytic or um, machine learning solution in an efficient and robust manner um, from um, data ingestion pipeline to ETL to model build data drift or retrain inference um, and, and the basically life cycle of your um, machine learning solution, how you want to do it in an automated and efficient uh, manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that first um, view of horizontally basically scaling AI, um, what is I think important is um, it might take a little bit of education, but also a bit of a showcasing and demonstration of how AI could be useful or data science could be useful in um, different parts of the business, which are not necessarily a classic classic examples of AI. Um, So basically getting um, people a bit more comfortable around it and thinking of opportunities and what could be done using AI. Uh, And and again, very important is to have the clear pathway from exploring AI to actually realizing the value, to putting Mm. things in production and actually start um, using value. Because if I as a business, um, you know, decision. If I don't see uh, where I'm gonna get from just exploring and something nice to have cool, I mean, results, but I have no clue or no way to get it um, in a, in production or in a in a way to make me change um, or improve or influence any of the business outcome, um, then obviously it's not uh, promoting or it's not uh, good for scaling AI at all. <clears throat> and when it comes to um, you do have a few models uh, that you want to manage and um, want to make sure are managed efficiently and uh, in a robust manner, um, then again, when you have as a, as an organization, if you have multiple use cases, you have expanded uh, the application of AI, there the, the are differences between um, the use cases that you have. You might have a marketing um predictive model um, generating lead, but has to be actioned by um, your frontline contact centers. You're basically limited by that. So if you run it based on the capacity there is every month, um, that's good enough um, for your purpose. Whereas when you have, um, in our example of um, price prediction platform, um, you ingest data intraday, you um, need to maintain um, and, and maintain that most accurate um, level of accuracy for your prediction and provide it real time or near real time to customers. It's obviously, there are different considerations in how you scale and implement and architect um, that um, level of you know automated testing and automated uh, pipeline for your uh, machine learning solution. But I would say the principles would still remain um, the same in a sense that you want to, rather than being um, needing a human or a person to, 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 to check and to retrain, to put models in production, to test it, to validate it, um, have an automated uh, pipeline um, to do that. Having said so, technology so it's all about how you do things from the technical perspective, um, if I uh, summarize it. But actually, again, the key part to scale AI, meaning that your first, in, your first 
use case is not your last one and you keep mm-hmm. building and you keep um, getting traction on it and bringing more models and more AI to the to the business um, is uh, not only to look at your uh, internal model um, and pipeline metrics, such as accuracy coverage or whatever, uh, but also you bring in and actively measure progress against those business um, outcomes that you're um, aiming to, uh, to to shift the dial on um, by 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 you by leveraging that AI solution. So that's absolutely important. Um, and another point is um, adoption and mm. embedding things in in the business processes, and that could. Um, actually take different formats depending on what you do. And even, even steps in the uh, your automated pipeline of, let's say, to take the automated testing, it is different how I do um, automated testing in the context of, let's say, price prediction, whereas once the property is sold, I get the sold price and I can calculate how accurate my mother was, right? So that was uh, in... in uh, um, in automating that that piece. Whereas if I'm implementing a process, a, a machine learning to do um, document processing within the operation um, space, which is um, very heavily manual, uh, basically operator used to do A, B, C, and D, and I'm asking them A and B, machine learning is doing for you, you just do C and D. Um, and then I sit there and check, um, measures of accuracy, coverage, whatever, it's all looking perfect, whereas my um, business style doesn't doesn't yeah, change. Yeah. And you go and look at and see, um, for example, I'm just making um, an example that the operator actually, even the machine learning is doing A and B, operator is doing A and B again. So mm-hmm. it didn't change what they do, uh, either <laughs> because they don't trust um, that, that machine or they are they are not informed. They don't they don't they haven't been educated that your role your tasks has changed now. Mm-hmm. So I think um, what I want to make the point is that um, change management that uh, operationalizing your solutions within the business processes that's the key to actually uh, is, the, is the last piece of the puzzle um, to 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 scale AI. Without which. Um, you could do one or two, but actually you're not realizing the, the benefit and the value of AI, and hence it leads to disappointment and not actually uh, getting that far. Um, that's excellent. That's that's great. And through that, um, we had a, a question from from Conrad um, that I think you you answered um, during your during uh, your description there. So the question was, uh, how important is for AI to be a living system? essentially where models are retrained and it's constantly uh, learning. Um, and then, um, yeah, from your description, he came back and, and put a comment to say, yeah, I think, I think it does have to be a living, a living system. Is that, is that right in line with your views? Yes, definitely. And I think um, often is the case that the machine learning algorithm, the nature of it is that with more data, with feedback, feedback loop, loop it, it gets better. So in the, for example, in all the examples um, that I shared, including that um, um, operational space. Um, so when you have that pilot group 
um, and people are, you know, um, feed, providing feedback to machine learning, um, you get get the data and retrain model, and that's um, the idea of improving it as more feedback comes in. Yeah, so that's nice. definitely a living and growing and improving. <laughs> right. Yeah. The um, that's excellent. The 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 way that that I um like to think about it and describe it to, I guess, to business executives, I usually say you wouldn't leave your staff untrained for a year or two years. Um, and it's the same with the machine learning model. So it needs to be constantly, constantly being retrained and, and learning in order to perform. Um, also through your answer, we had a comment from um, Michael Brandt saying, well said, Moha. So that's, that's great. Um, I did want to, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that we've had about 80, just over 80% of people have answered the poll. Uh, so that's that's great. We'll do one more question and then we'll jump into the, the polls, uh, the poll answers. What I wanted to ask you, Moha, is on the, the flip side of scaling AI. So we spoke about the, the approach of scaling, um, but what do you see as the barriers, um, barriers that get in the way of mm -hmm. scaling AI? Yeah, um, look, um, Depending on um, which type of um, data landscape or organizational use cases you have, uh, could be different uh, barriers or challenges to 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 um, scaling AI. Um, in in traditional and landscape of data and traditional businesses, often often you find legacy systems and technology uh, being uh, being a barrier um and hindering the um the, the journey to scale ai obviously the constraints less flexibility of uh the um um legacy systems um the other point could be um data quality uh, if you cannot mm. um, trust your data it's not of a um acceptable quality that is um, you know suitable for the purpose of the machine learning or the model that you're going to build, uh, then that it can become a real challenge. Um, having data, I think having data in more broadly, uh, and by that I don't mean any data, data mm -hmm. relevant to your use case and data that you are ethically uh, allowed to use. Um, um, is also, you know, it's, it's another consideration. Basically, you need to that have that data, quality data um, available that you can ethically use to be able to, to, to run your, um, um, or, or feed into your pipeline or AI solution. Um, what else? Talent. Um, it's obviously, it's a very high demand on data science and AI talent um, and data engineers um, these days. Um, at times, um, depending on uh, your timelines and the um, basically the goal of your project, um, not having access to the right talent or right number of talents of our skills um, could be could be um, hindering a path to scaling AI. And um, um, I, I mentioned this multiple times, I think um, the amount of, um, or the importance of um, business adoption and embedding the AI solutions into business processes um, is um, absolutely crucial. So, um, if you don't do that, obviously, if you do the, don't do that well, and you don't put the planning and preparation and the effort it takes in place, 
um, you're not gonna receive or observe any um, any any realization of value out of it against your business outcomes, and that by itself would question your next use case. I mean, uh, what have we achieved um, so far using AI that we want to mm-hmm. do another model or, or or improve our current model? Or, so so that is absolutely important part, uh, which um, sometimes um, get uh, really underestimated the, the importance of it and the challenges that could come if it's not done properly. So true, so true. Um, really good points there. And we, we also had a comment from, from Alec. Um, hey, mate. And um, he was talking about exactly your, your last point there around that we can have the, the path to productions and the right um, platforms and, and technology, but uh, we also need to be focusing on the right areas and making sure that the work is actually being used so that um, the development is being done in areas of high impact, but then that also that high impact is is being um, obtained by the business through through the use and adoption. So that's that's really great. Um, okay, I'll stop the poll now and I'll share the answers, share the results, and we can go through the the results. So everyone should be able to see um, the results now. And the first question was, do you have a method or approach to prioritize machine learning work? Um, and it was almost 50-50. Wow. Um, so 51% of people said no, they don't have a, an approach to prioritize machine learning work. Um, what are your, your thoughts, uh, Moha? I know that um, you, you've done some work on, on pro- providing some prioritization um, approaches, maybe a framework. <clears throat> Uh, what what can you share with us uh, from from that perspective? Sure. Um, so look, um, at the end of the day, again, it comes down to um, what value we're gonna get um, from our um, use case, AI use case or solution. Um, what value in terms of um, our key business objectives and um, business metrics, what is the value we're going to get out of it? And so if you look at it as one axis, the other one is um, what's the effort and cost or um, time um, required to get there? Um, The other point is around, which is related to to that cost or time or effort, but slightly different is feasibility of it. How feasible is it it with the landscape um, that we have or with the regulatory, for example, lens on it or with the, um, 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 let's say, ethical perspectives or how feasible it is, even if it's, uh, you know, giving us um, lots of value and we have the data, it's feasible, it's easy to do, but can we actually do it? Is it feasible? Should we be doing that? Um, so that's basically you look into um, what are those key objectives and what are those use cases that are giving you the most value um, in a shorter or in a, um, uh, you know, less, uh, less um, costly manner. Um, There is a caveat to it, though. There are use cases that, or there are areas that you do want to build capability. So even Mm -hmm. though from that first project, you may not get the full value, but that would enable you for, um, enable multiple use cases that then would allow you or bring you um, a significant business value. So when we talk about value and 
um, cost, um, there need to be another lens to it, which is uh, the capability and enablement um, type of projects. Um, um, and obviously, after you kind of take into consideration all of that, there is a point around sequencing some of the uh, initiatives that naturally need to be sequenced um, to give us um, the, the, basically the value, um, the maximum value um, or dependencies that are there, which again, related to that enablement uh, or capability build um, functions. Um, yeah, so that's, that's in a nutshell how I look at um, um, prioritizing. That's great. That's really good. We have a related question from Sri. Um, hey, Sri. And the question is, um, how do we and how can we evaluate value, the value that, that, uh, that the model can bring? Um, this is often contested from, uh, from a business perspective. Um, what, what do you see as some, some approaches that, that you use or that you've seen work well? Some of the ones that Sri mentions in his questions is um, Gartner infonomics, uh, qualitative and quantitative methods. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, usually a lot of, um, or he feels that like there's usually a lot of debate in this space. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on evaluating the, the value of models, Noha? Yeah, sure. So, um, so one, one um, way to look at it is uh, basically value, again, when I say value, it's, it has to be against some commonly agreed uh, and accepted um, business objectives, um, something that is valuable from our perspective, whereas it's not anywhere in the strategy or aligned with the business uh, objectives and the, um, the goals of the business, then that's obviously hard to justify the value um, itself inherently. Mm. Um, so the alignment with the um, objectives of the business is very important. It could be either, um, I don't know, reducing cost, increasing revenue, growing the book or um, reducing turnaround time. In, in, for example, our example of operations, um, it all could be examples of the value. Often when you are doing that prioritization, obviously you are in a stage that you haven't, uh, um, seen uh, any of the values more in the estimation mode, right? Mm -hmm. So you do a um, educated estimate. You, you um, either use the data available to size the opportunity. Um, so, for example, I'm gonna I'm just making up an, exa up an example that I am going to um, this this use case is gonna automate um, or straight through the process of. Uh, a set of applications, uh, home loan applications, who are with this specific characteristics. Then I go and look at um, what's the, that type of uh, applications, what's the proportion? So that's 10% of my overall book or overall incoming applications. Mm -hmm. And what's the value in um, ready or straight through that and basically meaning that um, um, in, in real time we can process those applications. And, and from there, you basically tie that back to the key metrics, whether it's the form, whether it's the conversion or whatever out of that um, um, basically example, you can ladder up to the key uh, business business areas. Another way uh, that, some, that um, in, in examples um, can work is um, when you have, you basically put that idea in, in a test. So you have your pilot. And again, um, for this, better not to do just proof of concept, but better to do 
pilot because pilot is mm-hmm. you put it um, in the real world, mm-hmm. but in a smaller scale. And you actually see all the challenges with the uh, implementation, integration with all the, um, how you're gonna manage your model as well as how the user actually takes time to ramp up um, in using that um, or in a new way of working or augmented way of working. Um, and then in real, in basically real world, you can gather data for a period of time to, to see what was the value or what was the improvement um, that, that the model um, has, has brought in. And that is basically a very, um, very good proxy to, to see what is that bigger bigger value and often hard to uh, when it's data when it is tested um, and when it is not just in isolation but in a pilot meaning that um, it's actually the real you know a smaller you know part of the uh, it's 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 the same process but you kind of uh, embedded this in a smaller scale um, using that data and evidence often um, provides a good basis to uh, to get the buying and um, yeah, convince the stakeholders. That's great. That is excellent. Um, I really like that because um, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about the the two ends of the spectrum. We talk about POCs and we talk about models in production at scale. Um, and often we we don't discuss the the stages in between. And I think that highlighting the the value of a pilot and and um and and obviously the, the impact of getting to a pilot quickly and being able to you know, have a, a pathway to to pilot uh, can can increasingly um, or can dramatically increase the value of of the AI efforts. As um as a related question, um, um we had from Kaush, uh, the question is, what are your thoughts on measuring um, the business value of models in production in an ongoing on an ongoing manner? So, in terms of the the impact that they can create uh, once they're live do you have any any thoughts on that side yeah um definitely so i think as i mentioned it's um absolutely important not only to look at those internal model metrics but how it is actually helping or influencing the business um outcome um first of all important to um to really be specific and um choose the right metrics that this um, um, use case uh, is able to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not not to be too too generic or not to be too specific. That um, is not actually it's lost within the um, scale and the schema of things. Um, and the, the challenging part could be, especially in the area that um, let's say is a very um, is a main pain point. And there's multiple uh, different uh, initiatives are trying to address that same problem and they go live um, pretty much around the same time. I mean, that doesn't have to be all of them being uh, um, AI solution, but basically influencing the same business outcome that you are influencing, which, I mean, can happen a lot of times because it's obviously um, we don't do things in, in, in isolation. But again, having the um, uh, a combination of um, approaches to be able to associate uh, the, um, the, 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 the change in those business outcome to, um, to the specific use cases uh, um, 
is is a bit of a um, science and art sometimes um, mm-hmm. to put in, you know, not only see the um, numbers. Um, I'll tell you an example. I mean, we're doing automation, right? Um, all of the sudden, if um, for some reason application volume goes down, all the SLAs will be back without us doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so should that tell us, oh, okay, all our automation actually all of a sudden worked because our SLA went down. So, so that's why I'm saying not just looking at one business metric, but also a set of complementary metrics that together can, can show you, um, can, can demonstrate um, the different aspects of, of, um, of the value being perceived or being delivered. It's very important. Excellent. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, going back to the poll results, and question two was, um, was do you have an automated monitoring of ML models in production? And we had 78% of people said no, uh, that they don't have, they don't have um, automated monitoring in production at the moment. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts there, Moha? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that surprising, but mm-hmm. um, that, that stats, but um, I think more and more, um, um, I think the direction is, uh, will be more and more of this um, needed in the future. Um, and obviously uh, there's a, a journey to build that capability and, and get there. Um, again, depending on the um, type of data you're using, the platforms, the um, uh, the type of business um, sort of problem you're working on, that could influence how you do that. Um, I mean, in our case, we have got um, um, some of our data on cloud. So that's a different um, sort of um, more flexible way of um, um, putting in, in place those um, um, monitoring at scale. Um, and uh, for our price prediction in, 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 in particular is availability, uh, publicly available data. So um, on, on cloud, it's a flexible architecture, um, automated testing, monitoring, all of that in place for, for, for a multiple uh, models in production, whereas other use cases on, um, on-prem, um, um, obviously with the sensitive sensitivity of the data, a lot of our data is still, or uh, operations are still on-prem. On um, and that's a different approach to build that monitoring, um, which is, we are um, in, in improving um, on that aspect as well, on-prem, um, putting things in, in, in um, automated CI/CD pipeline, automated testing, automated monitoring. Um, and that's absolutely key in, areas that um, um, you really need to make sure um, the model is performing as expected um, and with the accuracy um, that is acceptable, um, especially in areas that are more, um, 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 so in the operation or in the, uh, you know, making it not necessarily a decision, but making a, um, a step into the process that feed into the next step. So mm-hmm. you basically need to have, there's no other uh, other point. You can't um, sit in there. You're basically the whole idea of introducing machine learning or AI is uh, doing things more efficiently. So you can't afford to put someone manually doing that. So it has to be a level of automation in there. Um, and as a bank, obviously, more use cases. It's not just home loan. There are other areas that say it makes more sense to have that capability across the bank 
um, built, but I appreciate not all organizations are at, at the same um, stage of the journey. So it's, um, it's not unexpected that it's that. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people are, are um, or I think, I think this is where Australia is at the moment. Uh, in general, um, organizations are, are working at um, ways and better ways to, to put models into production and to, to have automated monitoring and, and scale, um, which is great. Uh, we only have, I can't believe an hour has gone past so quickly. So we only have a couple minutes left. Um, for the for the last two questions, obviously these were topics that we that we covered in the discussion. But in terms of limitation to scaling AI, the top three was legacy systems, uh, closely followed by talent, including education and training. And then the third one was the path to production, as as we were just um, talking there. And I'll mention the fourth one and then get your your thoughts, Moha. The last one was, um, do you find embedding, uh, embedding of AI in business processes a challenge in your organization? And 74 70, 74% of people said, Yes, um, that they, that was a, a big challenge. Any um, thoughts or surprises there, Moha? Uh, no, I think that's a that's a theme we have been I think touching on a couple of times during this um, this talk. So that by itself tells the story that um, um, it often is a very crucial part in the process that could be challenging uh, um, at times and uh, definitely could be negatively impacting the scale of AI if it is not done um, properly. Um, so I, yeah, leave that there. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, I, I can't believe how, how quickly the, the hour has gone by. Moha, what can I say? This has been brilliant. Um, I, yeah, obviously I, I knew it was going to be great, uh, knowing the type of professional that you are, but it's been uh, really excellent having you in the show, uh, getting your, your thoughts and perspectives. And I really like the way you think about problems and the structure that you bring to them and everything is thought with, with, you know, really good structure from a high level, but with a lot of detail across every topic. So thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge your perspectives and i think it's been extremely valuable for everyone who's been listening thank you so much thank you so much for having me and thanks to the audience for the participation in the polls and chats and being engaged with us today thank you that brings this episode to conclusion thank you so much for listening please find us on datafuturology.com or on facebook twitter linkedin or instagram as Data Futurology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.